0: Happy Easter, everybody. It is Easter Sunday, and we serve a risen Savior. Come on, you ought to put your hands together that Jesus is alive. Welcome to People's Church today. If you are a guest with us for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome to People's Church, whether you're at uh, one of the other locations, you're joining us online. We just say welcome to People's Church. And if you are new with us, we are one church in multiple locations. So a huge shout out and welcome to Midwest City and our Northwest campus, our Indianapolis, Indiana campus. The ladies at Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility, we love you. You're a part of our church family, and then we've got thousands joining us online around the world through all of the streaming different platforms, and we welcome you uh, and just glad that you're a part of People's Church on Easter weekend, and we've got a big week planned for you. Not just Easter, but Deeper Night is coming up on Wednesday night at all the Oklahoma City metro area, campuses, and online. And we're gonna have communion extended worship, a powerful message to take you deeper in your faith. And then also please remember our prayer service, we believe in the power of prayer at People's Church. So we'll have a 6:30 PM prayer service right before Deeper Night on Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, we're going to baptize people in water. It's going to be a celebration next Sunday. And also next Sunday, I decided I'm supposed to be preaching. I'm scheduled to preach, but I've decided I'm not preaching. I'm going to be a kid. Come on, somebody. I'm getting ice cream. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'll still preach, but uh, save me some ice cream. It's going to be great for the kids. And here's what I'm excited about. So many people are struggling with relationships. The pandemic didn't help relationships. It hurt a lot of relationships. And we want to help strengthen your relationships at People's Church. Our teenagers beginning in, on April the 14th, we're going to be talking about relationships to our students. Uh, in the adult services, I'm doing a series called Mixed Up Ingredients to Healthy Relationships starting next Sunday. And listen, I really believe God's going to work. In our kids' ministry, we're even going to teach your kids how to have healthy relationships, building blocks and how to have healthy relationships in our kids' ministry. And I want to encourage you with this. I realize some of you are back for the first time to people's church since last year with the pandemic. I realize a lot of people, whether in person or online, have gotten out of the habit of church and putting God first. And I just really believe this is going to be a start of something fresh in your life, a new habit, a new commitment. And here's what I know. When you seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, everything else that you're pursuing will be added to use, so I hope this will be the first Sunday of many Sundays that you stream together in a row of being in church and growing in your faith as we talk about relationships next Sunday and investing in our teenagers and our kids as well. And thinking about kids, I have four children and all of them this year are going to be teenagers. So we're excited that all, all of our kids are going to be in the teenage phase of their life. And I remember when my kids were much smaller, we, 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 we go shopping together sometimes as a family. And, and when they were smaller, I would just play so many games in the store. I was a kind of a goofball. I'd chase them around. I'd pinch them. I, I'd make all kinds of noises. And my kids would sometimes say, Dad, you're over the top. Dad, calm down. Because I'd chase them through the aisles and have so much fun. And one day, we were kind of in this antique-type store. And I, I was chasing the kids around and, and goofing off and hiding from them in different aisles and having fun with the kids. And, and then uh, as I was hiding and playing games with them, I, I, I noticed that I wasn't finding Case my youngest child and they were quite a bit younger than they are today and I can't find my youngest son and I'm looking for him and I'm searching you know I go over to an aisle over and another aisle over and I'm looking I still cannot find Case so I, I go to Tiffany and say have you seen Case my wife says no I have not seen Case I go to my other three children. Have you all seen uh, your your younger brother Case? Have you guys seen him somewhere around the store? They said, Dad, we haven't seen Case. Well, I say everybody start looking for Case. And so we're looking around the store, just trying to find Case. And everybody's looking. Then I bump back into my kids. Has anybody seen Case? No, Dad, we haven't seen Case. Tiffany, have you seen? No, I haven't seen Case. And we're looking, and I'm starting to get a little frantic. I'm starting to get a little panicked inside. I'm separated from my son. I don't know where he is. Has somebody snatched my son? And I'm looking and I still cannot find my son. I'm getting desperate right now. This is too long of a separation. Something has happened. So I went to the front of the store and I said, can you all please somehow reach out and call out for my son? Do you have some type of system? And they said, yes. And they got on the loudspeaker of the store and they said, Case Cooper come to the front of the store. Your daddy is looking for you. And I'm still standing there and I'm looking and he's not yet coming. And you know, 30 seconds when you're missing a child feels like 25 minutes and he's still not there. And I said, he has not come yet can you call out again and they called out again case cooper can you come to the front of the store your daddy is looking for you and about a minute later he comes and come on parents have you ever loved your kids to death like i love you but i want to kill you at the same time where have you been where are you I hated being separated from my son. It just caused me so much stress and and anxiety not being there with my son, not knowing what had happened to him. And can I tell you that sin has separated us from God. And we have a loving, holy, caring God that deeply desires a relationship with you. He wants you to come close to him. He wants to have a relationship with you, and, and sin separates people from God. The Bible says it like this in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2. But your iniquities or your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Our sins separate us from a holy and a loving God. Our our sins keep us from a relationship with God. And here's the question of the day. Who has sinned? Who is separated from God? Well, the scripture goes on to say in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For everyone has sinned everyone so i want you to grasp this there there are no little sins and big sins in god's eyes there are no no really bad sins and some okay that's a good sin that's not too bad of a sin no 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 all sin is sin and everyone has sin and we all falls short of God's glorious standard. So we all have sin, and the scripture says we all fall short of God's standard. God's standard is perfection. I've fallen short, and you have fallen short, and our sin separates us from God. One of the best ways I can describe this to you is with this bridge. You see, this bridge, you are on one side, we are on one side as humanity, and God is on the other side. And there's this gap called sin that separates us from God. There's this, there's this, there's this hole, this separation, this, this big gap, and we cannot get to God because our sin separates us from the Lord. Every year, my wife and I go on a trip Without the kids. It's our favorite trip of the year. I mean, I love our kids, but there's something about going away with my bride and investing in our relationship, rekindling the fires of romance together just without our kiddos. And in 2015, we went to San Francisco, had so much fun. We ate good, we laughed a lot, we got to be tourists and see all of the the, the different uh, history there of the San Francisco Bay Area. And one of the the, the, the the tourist sites that we got to see was the Golden Gate Bridge. It's pretty incredible. Matter of fact, here's a t- picture of Tiffany at the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and I got a picture, too, at the Golden Gate Bridge as well. And it was pretty incredible seeing the Golden Gate Bridge built in the 1930s. 30s because in the 19 30s, San Francisco was actually not growing at the same rate as other large cities. They were behind growth because the communities surrounding the Bay Area could not get to San Francisco except by ferry boat. And so that was the only way. So the city was slower in growing. And there's what they decided to do. They said, let's connect Marin County to San Francisco by building this gold Golden Gate Bridge, and in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was completed. And when it was completed, it was an it just a marvel, an engineering marvel, nothing like it in the world at the time. It was the largest suspense bridge, suspension bridge in the world, the most photog- photographed bridge in the world, because now the bridge is and people in Marin County can now quickly come close and get to San Francisco and what I want you to understand on Easter Sunday is that Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is how we go to the other side and connect to the Father. Jesus died on the cross and rose again so that we don't have to be separated from God the Father. We can now have relationship with God because Jesus is our bridge. Jesus is the bridge to the Father. Jesus is the bridge to heaven. Only Jesus could build a bridge to heaven with two pieces of wood. Matter of fact, let me show a picture to you. You see, God has the remedy Only one bridge can cross the gulf that exists between man and God. And that bridge is Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And humanity is on one side. God is on the other side. But Jesus is our bridge. And now you and I can come close to God. And I've got one of my staff members right now, Josh, building my bridge. It's completing my bridge for me because now Jesus allows us to come close to God. Scripture says, like this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again, and he Built the bridge so that you and I do not have to live far away from God. What I want you to understand is that 2,000 years ago, the bridge was built. The bridge was built. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born through a virgin named Mary, came to this earth and lived a perfect Sinless life, did not deserve death, but he took our place. And the scripture says he was beaten, he was whipped, his beard was. Plucked, he was spit upon, and finally they nailed our Savior to an old rugged cross. They drove a spear through his side, and they laughed at him, and they mocked at him, and Jesus died a horrific death on that old rugged cross. And after he died, he said, it is finished. They took his body, placed him in a borrowed tomb, and that was on Friday. But what I love about about my Savior, his early Sunday morning, Jesus got up from the grave with all power in his hands, and he built the bridge. And now the bridge has been built. Jesus has done everything that he is going to do. He's already died. He's already rose again. He's already given us the ability access the Father. He's giving us the ability to come close to God the Father. We no longer have to live separate from God because the bridge has already been built and the intriguing thing is that there are still people who have not come near to God. The bridge has already been built and God is on one side and yet there are still people living Far away from God. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about three barriers that keep people from crossing the bridge and getting to their Heavenly Father. Three barriers. The first barrier is this, Satan. Satan. There is a real enemy satan is not a made-up fairy tale character like goldilocks and the three bears no 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 satan the devil is a real spiritual being and satan is a spirit that is trying his best to kill steal And destroy your life now and for all of eternity. And let me just show you how Satan keeps people from crossing the bridge. I want to point this out to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded, notice that language, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So notice this. Satan blinds people's eyes and keeps them from crossing the bridge, keeps them from seeing their need for Jesus, their need for the heavenly father. The Bible says he blinds their eyes to the message of Jesus. And I understand this because in in high school, I was blinded. And the interesting thing that I can tell you from my own story is when people are blinded, they don't even know that they're blinded. I had no clue. I, I, I thought when I was in high school that somehow some of these things would try, they would fulfill me. And so I was on a pursuit. I was on a search to try To fill the void in my life, I tried to fill it with girls and having sex in high school and chasing the girls. I I tried to fill it, chasing uh, popularity with friends and trying to be cool. I tried to fill it with sports. I was a pretty good athlete, and so I tried to fill it playing football and playing basketball and running track and and weightlifting and playing baseball. I I tried to fill it. I tried to fill it with pornography. I, I tried to fill it with so many different things. And you know what what it was like for me? The best way that I can describe it, it was like trying to pour water into a bucket that has holes in it. And the more I sought after, the more I tried to get the water from all of these other different sources, I still woke up empty. I woke up unfulfilled. I, I still woke up lacking purpose in my life. And some of you can relate to me today. Because you're lacking some purpose. You're feeling empty on the inside. You, you don't feel fulfilled in life, and, and yet everybody around you would say, "Look, you've arrived, but you don't feel fulfilled." And you keep thinking to yourself, "Well, if I can just make a little bit more money, I'll be fulfilled." Well, you know if I could just get the promotion or the raise, I, I'll be fulfilled. If I can just meet the right girl or the right guy, I'd be fulfilled. You know, I'm married, but the woman or man I'm married to, they're not meeting my needs. If I can just get a new spouse, I'll be fulfilled. If I can get a nicer home, a nicer car. Better vacations. If if I can just get some more money in my retirement account, I'll, I'll be fulfilled. If I can just get a little more education, if I can just get a little more connections, I'll be fulfilled. And what happens is the enemy he blinds our eyes, and we go on this pursuit, and and we end up just like this bucket with holes. We're trying to pour water and water and water and water, and, water and still end up empty. On the inside because Jesus is the only one who can satisfy our soul and the enemy wants to keep us on this side of the bridge thinking everything else will satisfy us besides Jesus the Bible says he blinds our eyes I I want you to see a second barrier that keeps people from crossing the bridge and that is self 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 is a barrier because self causes people to believe that somehow I can cross the bridge on my own. Self starts to think, I I just know this. I know this. If I can just be good enough or kind enough or give enough or do enough, I'll cross that bridge. Somehow, if I can just do enough, I'll get to the other side to where God is. But the truth is, none of us have enough strength. Have enough resources, have enough connections, have enough good works, have enough giving, have enough serving we can do in the community to get to the other side of the bridge. People's church, Jesus is the only way. cross the bridge there's no other way except for jesus the bible says jesus is the way the truth and the life he's the only way to cross the bridge the scripture describes it like this in ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 for it is by grace you have been saved that word grace simply means unmerited favor undeserved favor it's by undeserved favor You have been saved, rescued from your sin, forgiven from your sins. How? And this not from yourselves. It was nothing that you did. It is the gift of God through Jesus Christ. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Right now, somebody's eyes are being opened because you're thinking to yourself, oh, my goodness, you mean There's nothing I can do to cross the bridge to get to the other side. No, there's no good works you can do. There's no amount of giving you can do. There's no amount of serving you can do. There's no amount of of kind deeds you can do. Jesus is the bridge. You see, there's reason that you can't do anything to earn forgiveness is because you're not the bridge. I'm not the bridge. Jesus Christ is the bridge, and he's the only way to come close to God and have a relationship with the heavenly Father. So Satan is a barrier. Self is a barrier. And number three, shame is a barrier. I know this personally. You see, back in the days when I did not live for God. I dealt with a lot of shame. I want to be transparent with you today. I've done some things that I don't want to talk about. I've done some things in my past that I really don't want to have a conversation with you about. I'm not proud of some of the things I've done. And I carried a lot of shame because as a kid, I went to church from time to time. You see, it's one thing to do wrong and don't know you're doing wrong, but it's a whole nother level of shame when you know you're not supposed to be doing it and you still do it anyways. That was me. So I was filled with shame and condemnation and guilt. I thought, how could God love and forgive somebody like me? I've blown it. Big time. And the scripture in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it had to go from just my hand to my heart. And it took a little time to get in my heart. The scripture says, for God so loved the world. That's you. Somebody needs to hear today, God loves you. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. God loves you. Pastor, you don't know how I'm living. God loves you just like you are. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever you got to let that sink in, whoever means no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter what you did last night, last week, last month, last year, last decade, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to say the world through him. God did not send Jesus into the world to take your past and to rub it in your face and to say, Look at you, look how much you messed up. He, he didn't, God did not send Jesus to condemn you or to shame you. God does not condemn you. Let me tell you who condemns you the devil does. The devil brings up your past. The devil condemns you. Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10 says that the devil is the accuser. He's always accusing you. He's always bringing up your past. He's always rubbing it in your face. You see, the devil always does the opposite of what God does. The devil condemns. God convicts. The devil lies to you, God tells you the truth. The devil hates you, God loves you. The devil destroys you, God gives you life. The devil pushes you, God leads you. The devil gives you fear, God gives you faith. The devil frightens you, God reassures you. The devil worries you, God comforts you. The devil weakens you, God strengthens you. The devil hurts you, God heals you. The devil confuses you, God gives you clarity. The cancels you out. God invites you in. The devil discourages you. God encourages you. The devil accuses you and shames you. And God forgives you. Come on, somebody. Take five seconds and give your God some praise that he forgives you. He loves you. He encourages you. He's for you. That's the God that we serve. God doesn't condemn you. The devil does. And some of you right now, you're on this side of the bridge. And your spiritual enemy is whispering in your ear, even today, you can't go on the other side. Look at what you've been doing, look at how you've been living. You're rotten, you're nasty, you're unworthy. You're hiding stuff. You can't go to the other side. And the devil is accusing you and shaming you right now. And I want somebody to hear me today. Don't let Satan, don't let sin, don't let self, don't let shame stop you from trusting Jesus and going to the other side of the bridge to your heavenly father today there are some people in our church these are real people in our church with real stories and I want you to hear how these real people in our church crossed the bridge and got to the other side check this out
1: I wanted to find a way out so bad and I didn't know who to turn to, what to look for. Sorry, just thinking of. I felt so much shame thinking I'm not good enough.
0: I kept a secret for over 40 years and I had to let go of everything. I I honestly remember just like drinking to the point where like people had to like drag me out. It wasn't because I was hurt, it's because I was lost.
1: Not very long after I started using, I actually started to sell to support my habit. Before long, that was everything. That was every day. The same addiction, chasing the same high.
0: My single life was on the streets. Had all the time, drugs. I had to learn to forgive myself because the guilt that was in my mind, always there. But there was a time during separation leading into divorce I'd driven from Oklahoma City to Weatherford. I wanted to drive it right off a cliff.
1: I was completely lost and without hope.
0: I knew that if I was going to get out of that, that it was going to take more than just me. to Christ that day. I I actually remember having tears fall from my eyes. I learned to trust on God, wait on God, and it was my hope every day.
1: It all changed for me. Ever since I decided, this is it.
0: That's when I knew He's going to use me. He has something for me. I've seen amazing things happen, uh, and there is no doubt in my mind that this is what I was created
1: for. You know, I don't have to lay it all on myself. I don't have to make myself feel like unworthy. I made those choices, yes, but I don't have to stay there. Everything in my life has changed. God and the time that I spent in Mabel Bassett changed my life.
0: No matter what I have or things I don't have, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what you've done before. You're never too far. No one is too far gone for God to save
1: No one. If you are out there and you're lost and you have nobody and you feel like you have no hope, God is still sitting there Jesus is still sitting there waiting and calling your name and all that they want is for you to look up and accept.
0: God is there at any point to get you not only through it but to make you stronger
2: through it. He's already He's already He's waiting, he's waiting. Come
0: There's nothing you can do the price has been paid for your sins and the bridge has been built 2,000 years ago Jesus built the bridge so that you could come near to God don't you let shame don't you let your sin don't you let Satan don't you let self keep you on this side of the bridge when Jesus died he hung he bled he gave his life he laid the bridge today and somebody today needs to trust Jesus with your life trust Jesus with your sin trust Jesus with your mess and you are going to go to the other side and your heavenly father's waiting for you your heavenly father had his arms open your heavenly father loves you he's waiting for you to cross over to the other side with forgiveness he's got grace he's got mercy he's got new life he's gonna give you his spirit it's all waiting for you come to the other side and receive forgiveness today it's yours because Jesus is the bridge he's the bridge Lord I thank you today that people are coming with sin and mistakes and hurts and habits and handcuffs to Jesus I thank you that people are not going to continue to live separated from God but they're coming close not because of their good works but because of the cross I thank you today for drawing people to you in Jesus name I pray as eyes are closed and heads are bowed at every location I'm talking to people right now that are far from God you're living away from God you're living in sin you're living in shame and today's your day it's Easter weekend Easter Sunday Jesus got up so that he could get you up today he wants to forgive you and wash away your sins there are some of you today that are, are watching me at all the locations online and there was a time in your life that you gave your life to Jesus but somewhere at some point you drifted away and there's distance between you and God you, you find yourself living separated from God and today is your day to rededicate your life back to the Lord and to come home If I'm talking to you today, you want to give your life to Jesus, or you want to recommit and rededicate your life to the Lord, today's your day to come back home. As I count to three, would you raise your hand at every location, online, just raise your hand high, and I'm going to include you in this prayer. And you're going to cross the bridge to your Heavenly Father, one two three just lift your hand high and say pastor that's me thank you so much thank you so much others today thank you so much thank you so much see your hand thank you thank you so much see your hand come on midwest city come on northwest indianapolis Mabel Bassett online lift your hand church online you can just click the raise your hand button right now come on who else today's coming home you're coming home you want your sins forgiven you want to come near to god today i'm gonna ask every hand that's raised to pray this prayer with me right now just pray heavenly father I turn away from sin and and self and shame and I turn my life over to Jesus Christ. I confess today that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior and I will live for him the rest of my life. In Jesus name I pray.